0: Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Babylonian Podcast. Today's guest is Claudia Bolt. And if you want to introduce yourself and/or plug anything, you can go right ahead.
1: I'm Claudia. Username is G One <laughs> A D I A, and it's not because I believe that I'm number one. And L is just not available. So I've tried all of the variations to get it as close to my name as possible. (laughs) And yeah, that's all that I'm going to plug for now.
0: All right. I guess we can jump right into it, Mm -hmm. into the first question. Um, How did you get started modeling?
1: Well, originally, I applied for some agencies early in high school.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Honestly, I talked about this in an episode with you on your podcast just because I wanted an escape from high school. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really doing it for the right reasons. I don't know what the right reasons would be because the industry can be tricky. But I was jumping into it as an escape mm-hmm. and it didn't yield that for me. The agency that I almost signed with, going to keep it nameless, had to s- very strict requirements in terms of measurements. And it's because, especially at that point, four or five years ago, designers didn't make clothes beyond a certain size, not just mm-hmm. in the runway, but there's something called a fit model and they're mm-hmm. basically human mannequins. So designers will design clothes on them so that they have humans, but you have to stay within a certain... And I have bigger bones. I'm a tall woman, mm-hmm. so I couldn't shave my bones down. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit problematic. And I gave it up pretty much after that because it didn't work out. And as soon as I'd let it go, my agent, Rachel, reached out on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting because it's that saying that people repeat, which is as soon as you let things go and you let the universe take care of it, sometimes it'll come back. Mm -hmm. And if you chase things too much and you try to force it too much, you're putting up walls accidentally. And I met with the office with JAG models and they were really kind. And I didn't hear back from them for several months. One, because I was very awkward when we were taking the photos because being yourself is a lot harder than playing a character. And the second was just because I, there was a pandemic that hit in March of 2020. So I didn't hear back until the summer. And I've only started development about a month ago because they want me in New York,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. Are you more happy or more comfortable now modeling um, comparatively to when you were in high school and just started modeling?
1: Definitely. People's images of themselves fluctuate all the time. Mm -hmm. And now that I have an understanding that my ability to see myself less critically is going to change constantly, and I don't shame myself for that, that has helped. Rather than believing, you know, I think radical acceptance, body acceptance, I think that's amazing, Mm -hmm. but some people can't do that. And I know that just like my weight fluctuates, so does my ability to perceive myself as what I actually am. Mm -hmm. So now that I know that it's not one thing, it's not gonna be amazing forever, I'm not always gonna love myself, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's made it easier. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> I guess it's kind of um, yourself getting more comfortable in your own skin, I guess, in a way. Um, so I, I had a question, but it totally <laughs> flew right out. That's fine. Um, I guess. So your fascination and modeling started in high school, about? Or.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
1: I think it's something that a lot of people talk about because they. The industry is pretty small, Uh which is why girls who are not super kind or super professional do not last because Uh everyone knows each other and everyone talks, all the stylists, all the photographers. And because it was small, is small, and I didn't know much about it, it was just intriguing.
2: Uh
1: And I think we all have things Uh that are intriguing because we we can't see into it. So I realize now that it is a job. You know, you're moving merchandise Uh at the end of the day. And that these people are not perfect, and they're not superhumans. Obviously, mm-hmm. no one is. No industry has people like that. So, when I stopped taking it so seriously, I mean, I still take it seriously, but when I realize it's not, I don't have to place everything on a pedestal. That makes sense. Yeah,
0: that's good that you kind of switched to like your mindset to
1: mm-hmm. a
0: more kind of healthy thinking way of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what kind of pushes you in this industry, or what like enjoyment do you get out of modeling now that you kind of became more comfortable within your own skin?
1: Just meeting humans. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that we experience mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Whenever we film anything, whenever mm-hmm. we write anything, create anything, young artists and older artists just have their own stories and. I mean, I'm someone who's prone to anxiety, and I do sometimes like to cut myself off and isolate myself. Mm. So then when I force myself to not do that, and I have to in acting, modeling, wherever, I just get to see more stories and see other humans and hear from them. And I think that's very (laughs) important. This sounds very (laughs) clichéd, but...
0: No, I think that sounds really amazing. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So what type of work have you been doing in New York?
1: So it's development work right now. So it's a lot of digitals, a lot of test shoots. Some of them are based around my face, beauty shoots. Those typically you can book more work off right away because control over your body is hard in shots. And the 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 camera shows everything. So if you're a little bit uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. it'll pick that up. So I've done a few tests now with a few photographers that JAG knows and they advance it, meaning that they pay for it now. And then whenever I hopefully get a first mm-hmm. paycheck, they take that out t- so that they can get girls started.
0: Okay. Have you done modeling in Philadelphia?
1: I did it once. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I've done it with mm-hmm. friends, but mm-hmm. I did it once with a, she was a women's photographer for Urban Outfitters at that time and it mm-hmm. was ninth grade. And I had no idea (laughs) as to what I was doing, Mm -hmm. but it was fun.
0: That's good. What, I guess that was kind of a while ago, but, um, kind of what is, I guess, what is like kind of the comparison in doing modeling in New York compared to modeling in Philadelphia? I guess like, what's the kind of the differences and or similarities Mm -hmm. between the both?
1: Well, every market, as -hmm. you know, is different. We see that in film a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough experience really to speak on that, but I will say that there's an energy here where people are just about their work and they're about, uh, I don't want to say themselves, but people Mm -hmm. aren't too concerned with judging other people. So Mm -hmm. I think in some ways it's easier in the city just because people are so busy. Not that they're not busy in Philadelphia, but it's just a mindset. Mm -hmm. So I don't know enough about the Philadelphia market, but I do know that here you go do your job and then you don't take it home, whether it was a good or a bad experience. And I think it's easier for me to say that because I don't live here, Mm -hmm. so this is a totally different experience. Whereas when I'm in Philadelphia, I go back to my apartment, I go back to my house, whatever. I'm still going to be carrying that more with me because it's tied with my home. Mm -hmm. You know?
0: That makes sense. Um, So have you learned a lot during modeling over the past few years?
1: I've learned to, I already said this, but to not take everything so damn seriously, mm-hmm. to just yeah. enjoy things. I mean, it is just creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're moving merchandise, but just like when you write a story, you're hoping that it'll sell. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're there to, to do something, to put our skills and our ambitions to actual action, which is what we missed during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely taught me appreciation of all the jobs that people have because all the technicians and all the people who are putting hours in beyond the people whose faces are on the camera, in Mm -hmm. front of the camera, are doing a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what it's taught me the most.
0: That's really amazing. (laughs) So you kind of said that COVID um, kind of lulled your experience, kind of once it first hit, kind of lulled you out of like a job mo- modeling and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in, what in other ways has COVID affected your ability to do modeling?
1: Well, I didn't start the work because I couldn't get to New York. Mm-hmm. We have to, we'd had to quarantine for 14 days if we were leaving the state. And I hadn't had the vaccine yet, and it just wouldn't have been responsible of me, especially because I moved home back home in January. So I would be going back home to my family, and I couldn't mm-hmm. do that. And I can blame the stall on the pandemic. I think it was also just that I had, I wasn't comfortable with myself. And my agent knew that. And she wanted me to wait. And she wanted me to learn how to. For instance, I have always had this weird fixation on one side of my face. <laughs> so this is the side of my face that I usually hate showing. And I've talked about it. And it's so vain and it's so so fucking stupid and yet i'll think about it all the time if Mm. i'm ever if this is ever showing Mm. but now i realize it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because it's just my face so that was not something that i would have that's not a conclusion i would have come to last year (laughs) even though it sounds very silly
0: so in a way the covid kind of helped you realize or be more comfortable about how you look and stuff Mm
2: -hmm. because
0: i feel like because I experience that too, and my sister yeah. does as well. Like fixating like on a small area of like your face and or body, and you can't like stop thinking about it until it's like fixed or mm-hmm. you overcome it. So that's a very hard thing to overcome.
1: I think it's so. Mm-hmm. It is normal, mm-hmm. and this is not a radical idea. A lot of people say this, and it's said too, maybe too much. But with social media, it's yeah. hard not to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's only recently that I've realized just, for instance, it seemed like a lot of people were working during the pandemic. A lot of artists, models, actors, filmmakers, because they put all of their content out and they space it out. So you always feel like you're missing out. There's mm-hmm. the FOMO and then there's the, the pressure you put on yourself to put out as much as they do. Mm-hmm. But it's just people space it out. Just mm-hmm. like when people, I, I put up content that I look best in Mm -hmm. Everyone else does that, and (laughs) so that has helped.
0: Oh, that's really good. Um, Have you, or what do you think of the general stereotypes around models?
1: Well, you're obviously not able to give as much of your voice, and I don't want to say your brain, but people are not necessarily there to ask about how you think, or what you've experienced, yeah. which makes sense because it is a job. And I think, I think it is just like so many jobs where you're there to, to do your work, and sometimes people don't have the energy to ask about your day and to engage with you personally. And it's not because people don't want to, but sometimes people just can't. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- of course, there are stereotypes for a reason. There are stereotypes because there are stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And I think most of them are just there because people don't know a lot about the industry. And certain stereotypes, mm. I think, I don't, I don't obviously believe that all models are stupid or that mm. they're, they don't have ambitions because mm. all of the women at my agency, a lot of them have other side hustles, a lot of them own businesses, a lot of them are in school. And regardless, they're still working Mm. and if they're not working they're existing Mm -hmm. we have these weird ideas about what's success right Mm -hmm. so but at the same time the stereotypes about the industry being really focused on uh your shell (laughs) (laughs) like your physical Mm appearance is that's true Mm -hmm. of course yeah because of it is it is just what you
2: Mm -hmm.
1: present to people so some of it's true
0: I guess, um, okay, I was just going to say, I guess there's good and bad stereotypes, but so kind of, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but like, I guess, what are some of the good, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, what are some of the good stereotypes that um, kind of are true and should be highlighted in the field?
1: That's a good question. I don't think I've ever Mm -hmm. heard that. I mean, I haven't Mm -hmm. ever heard that.
0: If there is even such a thing. I don't even know if there is. There has to be a thing. I I don't even know if a good stereotype exists.
1: There are true Mm -hmm. stereotypes, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and there are also stereotypes that are friendlier.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm trying to think of any that are friendly (laughs) about. Can you think of any friendly stereotypes about modeling?
0: Um, now that I'm thinking of it, I guess there's not really any good stereotypes. I don't... Yeah.
1: Maybe there... I'm sure that there are. Yeah. People are... Why... People
0: why, are,
1: <laughs> why
0: aren't there good stereotypes?
1: I don't know. These are good questions. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Well, I don't... Going back to your original mm. question, though, or one of your original mm. questions, I don't I don't know if there are good stereotypes at all. Yeah. Because the definition yeah. of stereotype, yeah. There, it's going to be blanket statements about any group of people. Yeah.
0: So I guess there is not really any... Not that I can yeah. think... I guess we can just move on then. Uh, have you noticed a progression towards breaking gender norms or Western beauty standards? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, the first front, breaking gender norms, I think is slower. I mean, it is slower in the industry. There is a push for the androgynous look, but without any understanding. I don't don't know if I can say this, but I feel like there is an an understanding as to what that means, like culturally, the significance of it. It's just people like the look. Uh, There is definitely a push for diversity, as there should be, in terms of sexuality, race, ethnicity, but it's slow. And body diversity, different Mm -hmm. body types. I mean, JAG is the first agency that has girls who are not just on one end of the spectrum. So you're not just straight sized, size zero, or plus sized. You have middle girls like me. But there is not a male equivalent right now. And there is not necessarily a gender inclusive Branch right now, Jack. We're we're starting to break into that, but at the end, even though agencies are trying to sign people, clients are often going to go with what they've historically gone with because they know that the people who look at their advertising are used to a certain type of face. So it's it's just slow, but it's hmm. moving in the right direction.
0: Is Is the industry becoming more inclusive as uh, they claim it to be?
1: I hope so, I don't know. I mean, I haven't started working with clients Mm -hmm. and I don't know what those experiences will be like because I do exist in a body that would not have gotten work two years ago. Mm -hmm. So I might experience Aggressions, microaggressions that I, I haven't with people who work exclusively with Jag or are photographers who work with Jag. No Jag. Mm. So I don't know if it really is, but I will say that it seems like it is because a lot of Jag girls are booked, mm-hmm. busy, mm-hmm. and there are clients that are, their focus is basically on a real human. Mm-hmm. Like Airy was one of the first.
2: Oh, okay. And
1: Jag has Iskra Lawrence, who's she was the first airy girl
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a lot of big retailers like H&M they have opened up because they have different sizes, they now have models for different sizes the high fashion end, definitely not moving at the same pace but that's kind of expected because mm-hmm. they're dealing with the history of what, the, what people have seen and it's very hard to move past that I don't know
0: if that makes any sense. That that makes perfect sense. I guess my next kind of question is, what are your thoughts about the change from, I guess, five years ago? Or even, like, I guess it still is happening now or with a couple years from now or ago. But from the change of, like, models having to be, like, super skinny Mm -hmm. and have to be, like, a certain size and um, from men and, like, women as well. But like from changing from that aspect into the changing to like you're seeing now, or we're seeing super or plus size models and mm-hmm. any type of body mm-hmm. uh, model, being able to model and like actually sh- like be able to get into the industry. Yes. What are your thoughts on kind of changing from one aspect to the completely to the different aspect?
1: You raise a good point there. Mm-hmm. And that's why there has been some pushback from people mm-hmm. because it is from one extreme. I don't want to say the other is an extreme because mm. it's necessary that we move in that direction toward the future instead mm. of backward. <laughs> but, well, we have, the beauty standards are mm. constantly changing. There mm. is no universal beauty standard. Most of it's Eurocentric. A lot of racism that's mm. rooted in that. And the ideal body type, at least for women, has, mm. it changes so drastically, often skewing toward wealthy people mm-hmm. because now often the norm they there, in terms of the ideal female body type a lot of people will point to you know like the BBL like the Brazilian <laughs> butt lift thing mm-hmm. uh, that costs money or people who are leaner and that often that costs money because mm-hmm. organic food is not subsidized That it costs money to have a nutritionist costs money to have go to a gym mm-hmm. right and then years ago centuries mm-hmm. ago it was a woman who's a little bit more full figured because she had enough money to eat, mm-hmm. and as for the male side, I don't think it's happening really at all. Mm-hmm. I still am not seeing any body diversity in terms of male advertisements.
0: That's really interesting that you say that because now that I'm thinking about it, I I've never seen like a plus size like man mm-hmm. or like a guy with like a beer belly one could say, but
2: yeah,
1: uh,
0: that's really interesting because I never really thought about it. On the opposite end with men, it's all, like, guys who are super, like, toned and everything. That's super interesting.
1: I don't know if it's, um, again, I don't know if I'm going to phrase this properly, but women can be celebrated for their curves, mm. whereas men don't, they've never been given that. And I know women, I mean, mm-hmm. as a woman, w- women have mm-hmm. to put up with a lot. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying, but I think it's interesting because modeling is one industry where women they're paid more mm. than men and they're usually treated a little bit better doesn't mean that it's perfect but
2: mm.
1: I think it's it's just slower mm. on that front okay. it's happening i mean some advertisers have changed who they're representing who they're putting up and also what you were talking about just now like mm-hmm. the heroin chic look mm-hmm. I'm not gonna name names because I think it's unfair that models have like entire labels placed on them as mm. if they're responsible for that happening. But that was a beauty standard not mm. that long ago. And now it's hourglass often. Mm. And that's also for a lot of women unattainable. So mm. the 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 point mm-hmm. is that I think it's, telling that it's constantly changing mm-hmm. it's all about making money so the idea of judging your your body i understand how it happens cuz i've been there mm-hmm. but at the, at the end of the day you know that they're just trying to make money off of your insecurities mm-hmm. all of these industries so there sometimes if if we can rationalize that putting pressure on ourselves to look a certain way can you can slow that down mm-hmm. i know it's not that easy <laughs> but yeah
0: I guess it's a lot easier to say than it to is. actually do. Um, do you notice any differences or similarities between the photographers you work with and modeling and film directors in the way you communicate with them?
1: Yes and no. Every director and photographer has different has a different approach, obviously, and mm-hmm. sometimes there's a more clear relationship built around respect. Mm. We don't all, it's not always guaranteed to us Mm. in these industries. I think artists, it's very easy to exploit artists. I've accidentally done it, people have accidentally done it to Mm. me because our time, it's easy to just take it without considering what that means. Mm. The modeling industry only recently, as in in the last decade, started developing laws that protect models, whereas right. actors have had that. But the, those relationships... <laughs> Sorry, I got that.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Uh,
1: they are... I'm trying to think of some similarities. I've worked with people... I don't want to name names, of course, but I've worked with people who are all about just getting it done, getting mm-hmm. the shot and there isn't any focus on really connecting, which mm-hmm. is absolutely fine, because we have limited number of hours, especially if there are a number of girls around. Mm-hmm. Tests where there are a lot of people trying to get photos and getting mm-hmm. looks, makeup done. So I think sometimes the parallels that I see, because some directors also, they have an AD, they don't mm-hmm. want to be bothered with other stuff, they just want to do their work, mm-hmm. which is again, fine. So. I've found that, like, I've connected with a lot of makeup artists and a lot of stylists and a lot of people who, that's their job Mm -hmm. to really focus on the person, Mm
0: -hmm. whereas
1: I understand that the photographer and the director can't do that a lot of the time. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you have better experiences with film directors or photographers?
1: I don't know if I can Mm -hmm. say yet either.
0: Or is it like, or is it like more like equal kind of?
1: Representation,
0: I guess, or... um, Mm -hmm. uh, Not opportunities, but experiences. More, like, similar experiences where it's not, like, one's better than the other. Or... I haven't...
1: I've done more film than Mm -hmm. I have modeling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've had mostly good experiences in film, I will Mm -hmm. say. And modeling has been good so far. But who knows Mm -hmm. what future brings hopefully Mm -hmm. my answer will in six Mm -hmm. months still be yes they're Mm -hmm. equal but right now they're equal
0: hopefully it's equal in six months so kind of transitioning the topic a little bit to dollhouse yes uh, what was your experience acting in dollhouse
1: i really enjoyed dollhouse i hadn't acted in a while and it was very refreshing to be able to do that again, especially with friends, with people who I respect and love. And I just like, it was a very collaborative process, I feel. Mm -hmm. You guys, I had that request to play music in between Mm -hmm. scenes and I know that often that doesn't fly and I don't get that luxury, but Mm -hmm. you guys actually let me do that. Mm -hmm. So any input I had, you guys would take on Mm -hmm. and again, respect, which is, you never know if Mm -hmm. you're gonna get that. And i am yeah. talking. sorry, am I talking over you? No,
0: no, I was just going to say that's really awesome to hear. I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off because, like, that's what, what we were kind of trying to do. I'm sorry, continue. Mm-hmm.
1: No, you're fine. <laughs> well, that mm-hmm. anecdote that I keep retelling about mm-hmm. us going out to get candy, you know, it mm-hmm. was a very, I feel like we've repeated that moment because mm-hmm. freshman year we were always going to the library and we were studying mm-hmm. or the tech center and we'd grab a lot of sugar and we'd, That was an experience that i enjoyed every time and i remember those memories and i felt like it was a little bit of a we got a little taste of that again Mm. a little bit of normalcy and i like i like the chaos a little bit it wasn't too chaotic Mm. Mm. but we were going with the flow and we were going with the energy and it wasn't too contained the environment Mm. so I felt like I was more free to to do what I wanted Mm -hmm. as opposed to when sometimes you don't have, you can't because you don't know the people very well on Mm -hmm. set and you're following their instructions and the takes, you don't have control over any of the process, of course. So if you don't like the way something went, you don't, you can't speak up about it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have that problem.
0: That's good. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you can't really go without any chaos in a film shoot because i feel like every Mm -hmm. film shoot is so chaotic because there's so many moving parts yeah there are so many people involved and it's like almost impossible for it to not be every which way
1: definitely um
0: what's (laughs) what sets joshua apart from other directors have you noticed any growth from him over time
1: 100 percent and I don't mean to mm-hmm. sound like I'm calling him out or anything. Mm-hmm. We've only worked on two two films together. But the first one, I gave him a little bit of feedback. And he
2: mm-hmm.
1: he, took that in. And he respected what I had said. And he mm-hmm. brought that the second time. Mm-hmm. As in, if I wasn't... Mm-hmm. I feel like it sounds like mm-hmm. I'm...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was... Again, he he would accept my feedback more quickly. And... Mm-hmm. He made sure to not make it personal, mm-hmm. as in like sometimes directors accidentally have you use your own things, your mm-hmm. own experiences, and usually, mm-hmm. at this age, we haven't healed from our experiences, so we don't really want to use them mm-hmm. and I was able to just be the character here mm-hmm. so I felt like there was a big difference, not that he didn't the mm-hmm. first time
2: yeah
0: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no that no, that's like perfect because I feel like. Not that I feel like, I don't know. I feel like everyone nowadays takes feedback like a personal attack when it's most oftentimes not a personal attack. Because I feel like in this field, especially comparatively to other fields like film and modeling and acting, mm-hmm. I feel like you're constantly growing and you're constantly hearing feedback and stuff. And it's kind of hard not to take that personally. Absolutely. And it's... I feel like Josh and you two do it very well where you can separate feedback from personal attacks because it's feedback is most often time not a personal attack. It's generally like wanting to help someone else grow with you. And I think, I think Josh did that very well. And I feel like I wasn't there when you told him the feedback, but I'm sure that you communicated in a way where it didn't sound like you were personally attacking him, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: And I don't think it was on set, Mm. and I didn't feel uncomfortable, like Mm. nothing happened Mm. per se, but I think just the way that the project was brought up the first time was different,
2: Mm.
1: whereas I didn't experience that this time. And it's hard Mm. not to take that stuff personally because we align ourselves with our art, Mm. we align ourselves with what Mm. we create, so Mm. when we are hearing words about that, it's hard to not, like that's a reflection on us Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but it isn't yeah because
0: like i struggle that with too with like editing and stuff when i hear feared feedback my constant like thing is to like oh it's a personal attack when it's not necessarily the case so how how do you get into a character of a doll that is trying to gain autonomy autonomy yeah that's right okay
1: so i'm working on a project right now with of Afshari and he's an MFA student at Temple. And I'm experiencing the same thing where I have to develop a total internal life because my character isn't supposed to give too much, mm-hmm. emote too much. Yeah. And with the doll, I think, knowing that there's such a stark contrast between the, being the doll and being freed helped me because I was able to understand that the movements were supposed to be robotic and that they I, I wasn't supposed to use my face or my eyes too much at that point
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I would have the chance later and because it didn't call for it. Mm-hmm. And mind you, there are some takes <laughs> where like, mm-hmm. it's a little bit off, like mm-hmm. the smile's a little bit off or which happens in modeling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the shots are a little bit off mm-hmm. if you're not focused and mm-hmm. Or I'd be shaking, and the doll's supposed to be mm-hmm. yeah. precise, and the, mm. the movements weren't always precise, so it wasn't perfect. But Josh helped me a lot because he mm. would would wa- play it back, and he'd watch it and figure out what exactly mm. I needed to adjust mm. to make it a little bit more realistic as mm. a doll. And then when I was when we filmed that long take, mm. Josh was giving stage directions, so I didn't have to worry about that. Instead, I was just focus on my
0: face pretty mm. much, my eyes. That's so cool. Um, I guess you kind of said a f- couple things about it um, in the beginning to the first question about this, but what was kind of your um, experience while working with Josh on The Dollhouse? I guess especially that one long take, mm-hmm. what was kind of your experience with that entire thing?
1: It's hard to reflect on, just because I do feel like it was Mm -hmm. such a long time ago, but it's definitely a distinct memory at the same time because he just gave me total freedom to, like I said, to focus on what I was experiencing in my head as the character. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And there are two things that I think I have to remember and I forget about that really help you Mm -hmm. make a character more realistic few things. One is you know the mm-hmm. scope. So if it's a melodramatic script or it's Shakespeare or you are discovering something like the doll discovering autonomy, you know mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. You have to raise the stakes. The second is to remember the actions, like what mm-hmm. you actually want. What your needs are. Mm-hmm. And the third is just to have the internal life a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, especially with the third, I mm-hmm. felt like I was given that opportunity because... He, instead of expecting me to remember a very specific arrangement of where he wanted me to move, he would adjust based on what I was giving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he would, he was instructing the whole time, quietly, not in a distracting way, but enough to help me figure out where I was going to go mm-hmm. instead of worrying about the logistics, which mm-hmm. is a luxury.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I feel like that was the biggest part of that take. And I did experience that the first time in Mm -hmm. our first shoot. It was still
0: Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I, (laughs) no, it's you know,
1: but, um, Josh is very good at that. Mm -hmm. He's able to keep his head on straight while giving specific instructions. He doesn't Mm -hmm. get too fed up or he has patience. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, he gets to maintain that artistic vision that he has. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So that was, that was consistent.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, Last question about Dollhouse. So, there was no dialogue during the short film. How does that affect your mindset when acting? Are you able to put more focus into your actions?
1: Um, I don't think anyone ever looks back at their work and is happy with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but you know, it wasn't a per- it wasn't a perfect performance, and there are definitely if I rewatch it, I can criticize. But at the same time, I feel that not having the dialogue made it much easier to not overthink. Mm-hmm. Because instead of about it, worrying about how it sounds, you know, there's always a, something up here every time we speak. And I, I, I feel like every time I speak, I can hear what I, how it is coming out of my mouth. And if I don't like it, then my thoughts start to slow down and mm-hmm. stop because I don't want to sound, I don't know. Mm-hmm preconceptions but Mm -hmm. with the the focus on just my face and on the internal life Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it made the scene I want to say easier but the camera picks up on everything Mm -hmm. so I didn't have to bring it out too much I was able to bring out what I felt was appropriate and instead of I never want to in a scene tell myself, okay, you're gonna widen your eyes right now, you're gonna look scared right now, you're gonna raise your eyebrows. Instead, I was just totally focused on what I thought I needed in that moment, what I thought my character was experiencing or what I was experiencing. Mm. So rather than giving myself stage directions about how to show it on my face, it just happened Mm -hmm. because I was thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I was able to think about it because I didn't have words memorized Mm -hmm. lines in my head.
0: That's so interesting. I guess kind of moving to like the general acting. Uh, what style of directing do you think best complements your acting style?
1: I don't know. Um, I wish I had an immediate answer. I feel that Josh's directing style does complement what I'm doing because he under- I, We understand each other. Mm-hmm. We're good friends and that does sometimes it complicates things when you're working with a friend but in our case I think it can help us mm-hmm. but I think just a directing like what I'm experiencing with Zardos right now like a directing style that is collaborative
2: mm-hmm.
1: where you feel like you're being listened to mm-hmm. and you're asked about what you what you want to bring to the script what you're experiencing what you're working on you it doesn't mean that the director has to be checking in with you all the time, but there are a few things that I really appreciate. One is getting time to, like, look at the text, which you often don't get. Mm. And another is just, while it's happening, allowing your actor to, to communicate with you. And I know that not everyone can do that, because, like you said, a lot of moving parts. But I think just... A director who allows, who listens. Mm -hmm. That's the best.
0: That's really cool. So it's like kind of like a personable director Mm -hmm. who is working with you, but also kind of quote-unquote a friend, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, How do you prepare for a scene with many lines or with other characters?
1: It's so hard because most of the time when I get a scene with a lot of characters in a film... I only get the table read. We don't rehearse. I don't think I've ever done a film where I've rehearsed with my with the cast. Oh wow. Yeah, unless it's right before we sh- we shoot. So, and then with theater, it's obviously the complete opposite. And if you over rehearse, mm. then I think the naturalism kind of goes. I don't like to over prepare because
2: mm.
1: I put too much in my head to worry about and then it's not real to me, mm-hmm. and I'd hate, I don't want to do, I don't want fake performances. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, what <laughs> was your question?
0: Um, how do you prepare for a scene oh, with many lines or other characters?
1: I get the lines down first, mm-hmm. so that I'm not w- thinking about that. And it has to be instinctive to the point mm-hmm. at which, I'm, again, I'm not worrying about how, in what order the words are coming mm-hmm. in. And then I start adding objectives and actions and needs. And I'm mm. not always consistent with this. Most mm. of my projects I have not prepared for fully. And I, mm. Like, mm. I, I probably should not be admitting that on camera
2: mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or in general, mm. but I, I'm aware of it because I can bring a lot more when I give myself the time to do so. And I often don't. Mm. And so if I am trying to like my, my class performances are probably the ones I'm most proud of because mm. I was able to do that. I, I had to do that. So I've, figure out what I want Mm. and I figure out my obstacles I figure out what's stopping me and then because I don't want to play emotion I don't want to pretend I don't want to play sad I don't want to play happy I don't want to play angry so Mm. if I have the wants and the needs it makes it so much easier because then I'm not faking it
2: Mm.
1: it's not an image that I'm trying to replicate it's just whatever feels natural in that moment
0: that makes sense do you ever get a point when you're learning lines that you get so frustrated that you like want to quit and if so like how do you push through that to learn the lines and get it down Pat?
1: well I played piano and guitar for a number of years and viola I've dropped off with all three mm-hmm. but I will get back <laughs> to it hopefully and so I'm used to that mm-hmm. I'm used to and I did ballet for nine years I'm used to you have to just keep, I don't have, you don't have a choice. Um, mm. And maybe that's not the best mindset, mm. but especially if it's like for a role where people are gonna see it, or mm. it's for a class where I have a teacher, a professor I wanna please, I don't have, I, at the end of the day, I just have to, I've gotta do it. Mm-hmm. So I will get frustrated, but what I will do mm. is I will stop. I will take a step back, I'll take a break, no matter how long it is, I will do something completely unrelated to it. Mm -hmm. whether that's laundry or going for a walk or i'll have music playing so i don't overthink so i'll stop Mm -hmm. and i'll come back to it at a very like often the next day i can't do it if it's if it's hitting a wall if i'm hitting a wall Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna keep hitting the wall
0: Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense that's like a really good way to kind of like distract yourself and kind of like calm down if you're like over frustrated if that makes sense and
1: when you're editing you probably yeah yeah
0: i do the same thing too where yeah i stop and i'll watch like a tv show like a full like 20 minute like episode or something uh-huh. just to calm down and or just take a walk yeah. and I come back to it later yeah um are are there actors you try to learn from
1: um i never n- know how to answer this question because I need to study film more. Mm. I need to know more cinema. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen enough, and I think it is important
2: mm.
1: when we're studying film in any way to know it. Mm. But I, this is I, mm. people say Kate Winslet a lot, but she is watching her is my one of my favorite
2: mm.
1: things. Mm. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel. I know
0: what. I know Thank what you're you.
1: saying. Yeah, not staring at her, but yeah. watching her. She lets, everything shows on her face. Mm-hmm. So watching the greats mm-hmm. fully transform, I, I'm not watching it because I want to be like them or because I want to be them or because I want to perform like them. And obviously you don't want to cop, copy a performance, mm-hmm. but just appreciating other people's art. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it, like, if, in no relation to me, just in general, we want to be able to know art so that we can create you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: so when I take the, the the idea pressure off about emulating or about my acting career in relation to theirs because that's mm-hmm. stupid anyway th- there is no relation you know I'm mm-hmm. starting out and I just enjoy the performances that's not the answer, mm-hmm. that's not no, the that question it is,
0: <laughs> it is. Um, but like how do you kind of learn from those actors or actresses that you listed? Like what kind of, I guess, what do you like pick on or pick up on that to kind of learn from them?
1: That's a good... Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I love reading about people's processes after I watch things. Mm-hmm. Often I'll, I'll look and some of the... I've been watching Succession on HBO mm. and it has some of the best performances that I've seen. Brian Cox is so... Mm-hmm. excellent and he totally takes over the screen and he's very he's terrifying in a lot mm-hmm. of these scenes and i know i've watched the interviews i love watching interviews with actors that gives you a lot of intel mm-hmm. and the actor who, who was in one of these scenes with him when he blew up on camera said mm-hmm. that he was shaking the actual actor oh, wow. and he's mm-hmm. brian cox has done he went to lambda mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to either Lambda or RADA in London at, like, 17. So he's mm-hmm. a genius, but he's done mm-hmm. tons of Shakespeare.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You need to be bigger than yourself. I, told, I did some earlier mm-hmm. in the year, and it was difficult for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I just, sometimes I like learning about what, what they actually do and what mm-hmm. they bring, because it's hard for me to pinpoint an exact thing that I see on screen, but when I hear about what brought them to that point... Mm-hmm. It helps me understand what they're, what they're doing to get to wh- where they are on, on the, mm-hmm. in front of the camera.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. How I was doing the Shakespeare earlier in the year?
1: Uh, it, I had to bring a lot out that I didn't know that I had. Mm-hmm. So it was good because, we all underestimate ourselves, and I didn't think I could even, I didn't think I could do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm used to trying to underdo it a little bit so that I don't. Because again, if you overdo it on camera, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it just doesn't play well because it's, camera sees everything. So, but when it's on Zoom and it's theater, it was disorienting because I didn't know if I was supposed to be doing camera work or theater work. Mm -hmm. But I just had to grow up and get over myself and stop being embarrassed and just some lines while I was running it with the other 20 girls on screen because it's a women women cast mm-hmm. i would start punching the air you know like start slicing start mm-hmm. doing physical things and that would help bring it out mm-hmm. instead of being <laughs> worried about how i'm perceived
0: oh that's so interesting <laughs>
1: thank
0: you um are there types of roles that you would be hesitant taking or do you like challenging yourself to take a roles that would prove your versatility
1: I definitely do not want to be typecast, and I definitely do not want to play the same role or play myself, mm-hmm. which is why I'm studying it because many actors have made careers off of playing oh. versions of themselves, and I do think that it helps when you are playing that, mm-hmm. but i w- I want to take on every there's no story that I would probably turn down unless mm-hmm. it was too like extremely explicit leave like, trigger warning, but like Mm. sexual violence, those Mm -hmm. stories I'm more hesitant about, Mm -hmm. even though I understand that when you film them, it's different. Mm -hmm. But knowing that people are going to be viewing that and it could affect people, Mm -hmm. I think you just have to be... Like, I want to be careful about projects that could Mm. accidentally hurt people or... So that's the only line.
0: Okay. Um, Why do you like taking like um that variety of roles or what interests you and taking so many different roles comparatively just to one like typecast? Well
1: just like we want to hear stories from humans Mm -hmm. I want to be able to tell them and Mm -hmm. I think there's no greater honor than being able to do that hopefully Mm -hmm. in the future so I think turning down a role I mean Mm -hmm. it's not this simplistic because factors, mm. but if you're just deciding you don't like a character, mm. it's kind of like just deciding you don't like a human, which is, yeah. you know, who are you to, mm. who made you God? <laughs> so I just want to, I want to hear other perspectives and I want to, I want to, I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to, to give them the respect that they deserve.
0: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> um, what character and film would you want to perform that's already been done?
1: That's already been done? Yes. As in, like... Uh,
0: what What character would, in film would you want oh, to oh. perform that's already been Lady done?
1: Lady Bird. Lady Bird? <laughs> yes, well, that's my immediate answer.
0: Why Lady Bird?
1: Maybe because <laughs> I see parallels like, to my family life or to my emotional life. So, I mean, Greta Gerwig is just, I would love to work with her. Mm -hmm. And I know she has a very unique process with her actors. She often uses actors from other projects that she's worked on because she connects people. So I think it's in part because of who wrote and who directed, but... And Timothy, I'm just Mm -hmm. (laughs) kidding. Joke. But I just really enjoy watching the character
2: Mm-hmm.
1: but I when you take on you know mm-hmm. creators mm-hmm. will remake things they will remake mm-hmm. series they just remade Gossip Girl
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: on HBO and I'm not going to say mm-hmm. anything about it because it's not my place <laughs> <It> sounds so <laughs> negative again. no I, I like it yeah so but you take on a lot of pressure
2: mm-hmm.
1: like actors who, who choose to do Marvel mm-hmm. take on Marvel characters they know what, how much that means because mm-hmm. fan bases are so strong
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you don't want to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. So I know you're not saying yeah. that I would be like taking mm-hmm. on a character if they're doing a remake. Yeah, but in general, I feel that the characters who I really love, mm-hmm. I can only really see them being done by those actors. Oh, okay. so, so I don't know actually if I, if yeah. I change my mind yeah, if I wouldn't want to do <laughs> Ladybird.
0: I guess like the question is more like, if that movie was casting and it have, hasn't been made yet, like, would, yeah. I mean, you kind of already, like, answered that, but that's kind of, I guess, what I was coming from. Um, well, yeah. sorry, you, also, you,
1: you, I mean, I think with series, mm-hmm. there are a lot of characters in TV mm-hmm. who I will think to myself, mm-hmm. you know, if I had been this age and in this mm-hmm. place at that time and mm-hmm. I could have auditioned,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, what if... Yeah. And I wouldn't, realistically, mm-hmm. but it is a nice idea to entertain. Mm-hmm. And we do, <laughs> I mean, are there any characters that you'd want to, or are there any scripts yeah. that you wish you had contributed um, to?
0: Um, or jobs? I think, well, I mean, my dream job is to work on a sitcom, like a long-running, like, TV show, mm-hmm. and kind of turning like, D-list celebrities or, like, I don't even know if that's like a list or whatever, but like <laughs> low tier characters or actors that um, people don't really know and then make them famous and like grow with them. But the one show would probably be to actually like be behind would probably be Everybody, Everybody Loves Raymond
2: mm-hmm.
0: or um, How I Met Your Mother, okay. either or because I feel like both of those casts are like really like down to earth people and really like fun to be around. I can just imagine me, like, working behind the scenes with, like, those actors and stuff Mm -hmm. and then, like, I don't know, getting along with them and, like, forming relationships with them and bonds with them and just, like, growing from, like, kind of, quote-unquote nothing to, like, stardom. I just feel like that's really interesting.
1: And there's truth to that because there's a lot of camaraderie on those sets because they spend so much Mm -hmm. time together. So I'm sure that would be...
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just like the idea of just having like being with like a cast or group for that long for like that long amount of time and just I don't know, growing and just being with them and seeing them for that long.
1: Yeah, because you don't mm-hmm. get that in film, really. Yeah. If we don't we get limited amounts of time with people, mm-hmm. which can be frustrating because mm-hmm. the appeal in joining theater companies is Uh, plays run its course, but you still are working with the same people Mm -hmm. and you get to really understand them.
0: Mm -hmm. And I feel like with movies, that's kind of more hard to connect and carry that friendship comparatively to TV shows. Mm -hmm. Do you think modeling experience will enhance your on-camera acting uh, capabilities?
1: Yes, because I have to get comfortable with both sides of my face and I have to get comfortable with the way that my... Not about the way that it, my body looks because I think I'm getting closer to that, but the way that it moves and the I'm my knees kind of go in when mm-hmm. I walk because I have this hip issue mm-hmm. you know like a lot of things I can fixate on mm-hmm. but again you just have to accept that that's like that's what I, that's what I am mm-hmm. and the modeling has made me realize that a it doesn't really matter that much because we're all the, these girls they're all experiencing the same things but also it's forced me to develop some, like my posture is a little better and that's helped me. Cause when I walk into a room, an audition room, before I do anything, mm-hmm. they start judging me. And often I come in and I'm nervous and I bring mm-hmm. it in and, Hi, my name is Claudia, and it mm-hmm. just doesn't come off well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, f- I'm, because I have to socialize with these people, these people, <laughs> these wonderful people in mm-hmm. modeling, and I'm scared, but I have to do it. Mm. And I have to show, like, I have to just be comfortable with what I have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That'll help me in terms of n- n- being able to walk into a room and own who I am. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, that's
0: so cool. Uh, I guess to end it on a um, light note or not so serious note, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Or. Oh no.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> or
0: your like a couple movies that you are like now, or maybe just like enjoying now. Or watching.
1: Magnolia. is probably my favorite of all time.
0: Okay, why is that?
1: Because <laughs> the, f- the characters are just. <laughs> I don't know how to mm-hmm. Dictate it The characters are just Complicated And Given room to be complicated And They're real And the story is real And it's moving Without forcing people To feel things It just mm-hmm. is
2: mm-hmm.
1: And the performances Are excellent And the direction is excellent And again The script is just Yeah That's That's <laughs> that's the film
0: Awesome Well thank you for coming On this podcast Thank you For having uh, me. Um, I guess we're logging off now, and thanks for watching. Bye. (laughs) Bye.